Thank God it's Monday. Welcome to the podcast where we start the week with a win as we go with the motivated doers who love their profession. If you already love what you do or are searching for it, this is the podcast for you. Our guest today began his career taking pictures in New York City nightclubs. He now has built his own creative and production company that helps artists and large organizations bring their visions to life. Let's start the week with Fred Focus. I guess. <laughs> All right, Fred. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, sir. Appreciate you coming. You are someone that I've known for at least 15 years at this point. Absolutely. And I'm really happy you were able to join us today. Uh, let's dive right in. Let's tell the world what is it that you do. I'm Fred Focus. I am a director, uh, among a lot of other things that um, I guess you could regard as behind the scenes stuff. So. Yeah, I'm a director first. Okay, you're a director. So you are the first director that we have here. Oh, nice, nice. Shout out to everybody that's been on Thanks God It's Monday. I've been uh, definitely watching some episodes or listening to some episodes, rather. And this shit is dope. I can't wait to get to know everybody else on this joint. Nice. Appreciate it, man. That's the goal, to build this network together and you know tell these stories. Yeah, yeah. So how long have you been a director for? A couple of years, um, I, I start. I picked up the camera, honestly, in my late teens, early 20s. Before then, I was always like into creative things, but the camera itself, uh, I started, I want to say, messing with it maybe eight, nine years ago. But I became a director maybe three years ago, four years ago, like real deal, understanding what it meant to be one. and working towards that yeah maybe it hasn't been that long so walk us through that journey was the first camera you picked up a video camera or was it still shots what were you doing <clears throat> so my first camera was a was a dslr i think for people in my generation that's that's going to be something that you're going to hear over and over again uh, so it was canon t2i and at the time, Dre Films was like the dopest director. And, uh, he was with Ross and them. And, and he really showed how you can use a DSLR, which is mainly a photography camera, mm. but how you can use that and its video capabilities to shoot some really dope shit. So shout out to, uh, Dre Films and shout out to Spiff TV. Um, I had the pleasure of meeting Dre Films and actually telling him that to his face. So. Nice. Yeah, they, they definitely inspired a whole generation of young cats that wanted to shoot video, but didn't have ten, twenty thousand dollars to buy a video camera. Right. Okay. So you were now 18, 19 years old and you decide, let me pick up a camera and just start first. Sounds like at least doing some still shots and then. Yeah. Figure yeah. It definitely started with photography. Mm -hmm. Um, I was actually, uh, I was working in the clubs in the city. I also had a full-time job. So I was doing that on my days off, just shooting up parties and stuff. Then mm. that turned into them needing a videographer for parties. And naturally I was like, well, I'll do both. Nice. <laughs> my camera does both. Right. So, I think, I think that's a really important part of the journey, right? To be able to tell people like I was doing this because I like to take pictures and I like to do this. Or I like to, you know, play with video, but I had a full time job, right? Like I needed to, I needed yeah. to do this enough 
and then figure out how to make it a full-time gig. Yeah. I mean, you know, entrepreneur and the basis of that is essentially figuring your shit out. I mean, I didn't have money for a camera, but I made money for a camera and, and getting a full-time job was a way to secure a certain amount of money per week or every two weeks that I put towards what I want. And, um, for me, that was buying camera equipment and lenses and tripods and monopods. And Mm. I mean, even, you know, a a laptop that edits video is going to run you two grand at the very least, you know, so these, nothing was ever really cheap for video production. And the initial investments are always hundreds on hundreds of dollars. So it's tough, you know, and you don't really want to play around with money like that. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I had a job for a couple of years, as a matter of fact. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So you were able to gather up the money to eventually buy yourself a camera. Yep. Start taking on some of these jobs at nightclubs and, and saying, you know, if you need someone to take videos, I'll do that as well. Yeah. I think, I think naturally it starts with that. It's like, Whoever is willing to work with you as well. So I had a list of like people I wanted to work with. You know, you got your wish list and then you have people that you actually do work with. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I happen to, I I was blessed to be from like a very creative family, which a lot of people are very creative. Okay. So the need for videos was there. Oh, so you were able to practice at home? I was able to practice, man, with my cousins and a lot of my cousins did music. So, mm. and I actually did a lot of music with them for a little while, like writing music and stuff like that. So, okay. Yeah. I, I saw shooting music videos for them and friends of mine. Like, I was like, yeah, let's do this. Okay. Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Washington Heights, man. Shout out to the Heights. Okay. So you grew up in Washington Heights around friends that were already artists up and coming artists and family members that were artistically inclined in yeah, yeah. different ways. Yeah. And I you- think you find that a lot in the hood where a lot of people, you don't have the, uh, a lot of the tools you need. So creativity is like that, that one thing that we can always bring to the table. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So how long were you taking pictures at a nightclub and videos at a nightclub before you decided to try other things as well? I did that for, I think, about a year or two. And I remember um, I actually got fired on New Year's. Nice. Way yeah, to start the yeah, year. Yeah, <laughs> it was a New Year's party, and I had to do, like, three of them at once. And it was, like, four in the morning. There was another party. Long story short, I fell asleep from between one party to the next. I woke up like that. The, the, the night scene is crazy, bro. And you're, like, you're just not sleeping. Right. So... I had knockout, like fully clothed and everything. And I woke up again, like at seven in the morning to like a tech that was like, yo, you're fired. So it was just like, you know what? Bet. And then um, I actually went to my nine to five. Okay. And so I used to edit at work. It was like an overnight front desk. And then my supervisor at the time, he used to like be super cool with me. We used to watch movies and shit. But then I started editing video. He ain't like that. Right, because you took away from movie time. Yeah, so you can't be doing other work at work. I'm like, okay, we're getting away from the point here. But, and he was writing me up, but we persevered. Okay. 
And I quit that job. Okay. Yeah, I quit that job. There's a lot of nonsense going on. That's when I was just like, all right, so do or die productions. Let's do it. And this is a matter of a few months from getting fired from your side job to then quitting your next job? Or how long was that gap? This was like, I'm sure a couple months in between. That happened, and then that happened, and then. Okay. Okay. I was doing a lot of odd jobs at that point. Just. Mm trying to make money right you know? but the consistency was always visuals like mm. that was something that i was just doing okay how did you get better at that time at your craft taking it serious man like i i, I went to youtube university bro mm. tutorials on tutorials i bought myself textbooks this is one textbook called shot by shot mm. that helped me a lot and um mm. i sent myself to school bro because i knew like this this wasn't gonna be no easy thing. This, I could already at the time I could have count on one hand how many black directors made it to the levels that I wanted to make it to. So mm. I was just like, all right, well. With that being said, what more am I gonna bring to the table? So mm. I didn't even call myself a director for a long time because I felt like you just gotta earn that. And like, right. pe- like one of the things that I I try to hold true to my shit is like. It, you ain't that if somebody else ain't call you that. Mm. So I'll start saying that I'm something once enough people say it. I love that. I love that because Word. it's 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 an it's a title that you're working towards, right? Yeah, yeah. And if you can see it clearly from over there, then I'm doing what I set out to do. Mm. Okay. So you were doing this now, you take, you're taking yourself to, as you call it, YouTube university and just learning how to edit, how yeah. to shoot angles, ways to make yourself better at this. What type of videographer jobs were you getting at that time? At first, no one, you know, you're not, no one's reaching out to you to do much until right. you've shown that you can do what you say you can do. Yep. So. At first, it's always going to be like, I don't want to disrespect anybody, but it's always going to be like baby showers, right? It's always going to be like, I got this wedding and I don't have a budget, so can you shoot it for me? It's it's always going to be those things that are either going to teach you that you want to do those kind of things or you don't. Okay. But usually the first opportunities come within your circle on a need by need basis. Right. Like. I know a photographer. It's this person. Like, it's, it's never like, we need to hire a professional. Call this guy. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, it's never, it's, it doesn't start that way. Right. So you got to just do what you can do. But one, one word of advice is what I would give is the passion projects get you more than any paid projects can. How so? Cause I'll shoot music videos with my friends. I'll shoot music videos with my family. Mm-hmm. We wasn't getting money. And the idea of money wasn't really there yet. Like we were just doing shit and it was fun and kept doing it. And sometimes there'll be money for me. Sometimes there won't. A lot of the times I'm just helping an artist realize their full vision. And that within itself uh, was satisfying for me at the time because I'm learning how to edit. I'm learning how to shoot and I'm helping people at the same time. I'm busy. It sounds like at that time you realized that you wanted to transition from 
events to more production of videos and other projects. Does that sound right? Yeah, yeah. I, I was more enticed by the ideas I can come up with and execute than to just cover things. Mm. Uh, I, I didn't care to just, and I and I understand that that's important too. But um, it wasn't your calling. Yeah, that wasn't it. Right, that makes sense. Okay, so how did you? What attracted you about listening to a song and then trying to come up with a visual for it, right? Because that itself seems to me, the non-visual person, very hard, right? So what, one, attracted you to it, and then two, made you realize, okay, this is what I want to continue to do for a while. Right. I think that that just came natural to me. That didn't, I didn't try. It was always like, I was that kid with the bear coat on, Listening to Bones and Thugs when the music video came on, and I'm in front of the mirror like boom, 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 boom. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? Like I was just doing that. Like wow. I was, I was watching DMX. I was watching these music huh. videos that like my parents said I shouldn't be watching, and just that was always giving me a feeling, bro. Like, and I'm sure it gave you a feeling too. But absolutely, it for me it was like. I don't know, bro. It's, it's you know this the music end was a, was a piece of it too, right? I mm-hmm. mean, I come from a background of writing music, and we were writing all kinds of songs for a lot of different artists mm-hmm. um, uptown, right? And the visual aspect, I think, came natural after that because you always visualize how a person would say these lyrics. Even to write, I would, I would be visualizing the setting that I'm writing about, right? If it's yeah. a sad song, yeah. what is it? Is if it's not a personal experience, it's something that you would have to imagine to the detail. Yeah. So, yeah, I think music videos came natural to me, yo. Like, I don't know, bro. I would always think of just different scenarios and. My imagination has always been like that. Okay. So how did you grow from making music videos for families and friends to getting artists that you had never met before or providing other projects that, you know, you would have not known in your immediate circle? So that, that I have to chuck it up to the beauty of the internet. Mm. I mean, you're doing stuff with your friends, you have public profiles, you're posting the content up and for people that want to know, they'll search it and they'll figure it out. And and that was the beginning of it. I mean, I've had people stop me in the street recently for work that I did years ago wow. and say, Oh, you're that guy. Wow. So it's like, how do you even know my face? I'm yeah. behind I'm the behind, Yeah. <laughs> so people do their research, man. Yeah. People do their research and okay. it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Were you active online on purpose? Like, was that something you knew was a part of the formula to getting other clients? Uh, yeah. I mean, bro, I was on Skonex when mm. it was lit. Like, we was up. I think that's just, I was born in 89. Like, like we wanted to know more of the internet. Like, the, the kids that's born now, like, it's literally part of their upbringing. We, we had to figure it out because it wasn't there in the beginning for us. So it's like. Once the internet came and I was able to just search, I'm, I'm, I'm self-taught naturally. So that was like big for me. Mm. And when social media and social pages came around, 
at first, yeah, I think I was always pumping something in social media. It was never just like, look at me. Right. It was either like, listen to this music or watch this. Right. At what point did you transition into going from taking project to project to deciding to make your own business? The transition came when I actually first started dealing with corporate entities. Okay. And um, they were just kind of like, so it's just you? <laughs> right. And I was just like, uh, no, it's not just me, but I'm here representing. What do you need? What do you need? What is the uh, criteria for production companies? And so, you know, I was like, you know what? Well, let's talk later. And so I go back to the drawing board, right? And I'm like, all right, so what's a production company really? Mm -hmm. And you realize that it's like a basketball team. Like it's, it's a whole team of people. And how hard do, is your team going to go for this cause? And, and do you all want to chip? Do you want to chip? Like how, how hard do you want to go for this? So it's like, once I did that research, it was just kind of like, okay, well, I can't do this alone. And, and when you think about it, once the volume of work comes in, you can't do it alone. Right. right. It's just impossible. And I think a lot of people on that level at the time didn't necessarily register that. Mm -hmm. It was kind of like, what can I get? Um, just me right now. And I can do this pocket most of the money. Right. You know, that's what that DSLR revolution also brought in mm -hmm. because generally when we're talking about video production, there's a lot of money involved. Right. Generally. And what the DSLR revolution brought in was low level budgets down to $100, $200 can look decent if done correctly. And mm -hmm. so it just kind of shifts the playing field a bit. Okay. So now low level people matter, mm -hmm. right? Because I can do something really awesome for $1,000 that three years ago it would cost you $10,000 to do. Well. And then the floodgates open, and now everybody's a director. Mm. Everybody got a camera. Everybody can shoot. Everybody can take pics. Who does it better? Who does it more professionally? Who does it fast? Mm -hmm. These are all questions that will make the pool of people smaller and smaller, right. right? And so I wanted to really focus on each one of those. I want to do it efficiently. I want to do it right. and I understand that they want to get it for the cheapest price. Absolutely. Okay. What's your favorite project to date? Hmm. I, I got I got some projects that I like. I got a lot of projects that I like. Um, let's let's reframe it, right? Mm -hmm. What's a project that you've that you're proud of and that also pl played a pivotal point in your career? No, that's an easier question to answer. Great. Okay. So, dirty little secret for Dave East was was uh was monumental for me in in my career and confidence level. It was the first time that I worked with uh with a corporate company with the reputation such as Def Jam. Mm -hmm. And you know, it was Def Jam. So I was just like, wow. You when you start where I started, you dream of opportunities like that. Mm -hmm. And it had finally came full circle. And it was time for me to perform. 
are you who you say you are? Right. And I killed that shit. Nice. Body bags. Body bags. I watched that video now and still smile because a very, very good job was done there. I mean, shout out to the whole team that was involved. It was one of our very first videos, if not our first video as a production company. Uh, the first time the Space Dog logo was ever presented mm. was on a Dev Jam video. So, you know, it was it was monumental for us. It was just like, yo, we could do this shit. Such a morale booster for the company. Like, you know, and, and again, that budget wasn't even real. It wasn't even a real budget. But it was the first time that we was on a major stage and we performed, bro. That's great. Perform. At that point, did you call yourself a director? I definitely was calling me a director. After that, I was like, <laughs> yeah, a director for focus to you. Nah, I was, I was on it. I, I was happy. I was like, this is definitely one of the more euphoric moments of my career. Mm. Once, once you finally get the approval and once it's all said and done and the video releases and, uh, you know, just everything was dope, man. And, mm. A lot of people raised their eyebrows and was like, wow, like, I didn't know. And I'm just like, well, now you do. Right. You feel me? Okay. And and for the audience that may not be as familiar with your work, right, what are some of the other larger entities that you've worked with that the audience may may recognize? Yeah, I work with a lot of different people. I hate name dropping, but um, Andy Minio is a good friend of mine. I shot a really cool video for him called Uptown. And we dedicated that to Washington Heights. Nice. Uh, Flip De Niro, we did Leave Me Alone. Flip is like a superstar now. Nice. Uh, got mad love for the kid. We got gold and platinum plaques sitting in the crib for that. Nice. So shout out to Cinematic. Shout out to Adam. Shout out to Katie. Okay. Johnny Shipes. Like, okay. That's dope. That's dope. That was like another monumental moment for Space Dog and my career. Okay. And, and I asked that, right? Because I know, I know you. Yeah. And I know you've been doing great work for a long time. Right. I know everyone on the other side of these speakers may not realize I'm talking to someone that's really good in their field and that others recognize that. And I know that because I know you, but I, I just want to make sure that folks understand like, oh no, I'm talking to someone that's like really extremely talented and, and, and no, really good at what that, they're doing. Man. Yo, thank you, bro. That, that means a lot. Like again, we grew up together. So, so is, is, you looking at it from a whole different scope. Right. So word. And yeah, it's it's frustrating when um a lot of the times all you're really looking for is an opportunity. Mm. You know, just to perform. Yeah. You just want to perform. And I I know what that those frustrating first couple of years are like, but the longer journey is the meaningful part. Mm. Okay. What do you like about we do? I love that I work with people. I love that I work in the creative community. I love that my ideas um, are respected. Sometimes they're not. It's part of the game. Sometimes my ideas are whack, and I need to be told that. I love being on my time, bro. I love, um, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm a New Yorker. I move fast. Okay. But I do love the breathing room. Okay. Let me produce. Okay. So, yeah, the production company gives that space where it's like, Hey, we need you to do this for us in this amount of time. I bet. And I'll get it done. And we'll get it done right. And the shit a little dope. I think that that's one of the reasons why I think being an entrepreneur is such a coveted place to be, right? You get more time back to be able to 
deliver projects on your time, not yeah. hang out all day, right? But you want to be able to set your own timeline and adhere and hold yourself accountable to that, right? Right. The flip side to that, though, is is that you're never off the clock, right? I can get a phone call about anything at any given time, and it will be a reflection of my company. Mm. Okay. So that's a, that's a trust me when I tell you that sometimes you want to say a thing or two and you just know that you can't right because you are the business card. Yep. You know, so there's positives and negatives to both because, you know, yes, I'm on my own time, but also my client is my boss and my clients vary. Okay. So I can totally see that. I think it's, you know, it's important to understand the complexities of being an entrepreneur, right? Yeah. Like it's not all, <clears throat> yeah, I have a bunch of time, but with that comes, I'm available 24 seven for whenever a client needs me. Okay. How do you work on your craft? You work on it in a lot of different ways. Uh, you want to stay creative. So uh, whatever piques your interest, you want to keep that in the forefront. You want to study though, like, like everyone studies for, for whatever their career path is. You got to take it that serious, man. But I personally, I like watching really cool stuff. I like traveling. Um, and I like reading. Hmm. So those are three things that are constant. And, um, I try to like keep up with electronics and what cameras going to drop. What does it do? It's never just one thing, especially when you come from where we come from. Yeah. You know, you're learning as you go. You don't necessarily have mentorship. You're trying your best, but you're not your IQ of what the business is isn't always there. You know, especially, like I said, when you're coming from where we're coming from, mm. we're trailblazing in our own right. Yeah. So how did you develop the skill set to be able to manage large budgets for your projects? I think that's something that grows gradually. First, we learn how to make shit budgets into decent individuals. Okay. Uh, and, and that within itself is a skill. No money into looking like something that looks like money helps you deal with things when you do have some money. And now you make a little bit of money look like a lot of money and so on and so forth. A lot of money looks like a whole lot of money, right? Yeah. So we started with, with, uh, with bad budgets. I want to call them bad. Small budgets. We started with, uh, stimulus packages. <laughs> so we got a couple of stimulus packages that we had to figure out how to make this shit look dope. And, and as things snowballed and, and you continue being a person of your word and you continue trying to do good business because it always isn't going to work out and that's okay too. But as long as you put your best foot forward, I think things will find themselves to work their, themselves out. Okay. Um, did you go to school for this for videography or anything? I didn't go to school for film. I didn't even finish college. I didn't, I didn't do that. Uh, I didn't get your like typical high school diploma. Um, I dropped out of high school. I got a GED, got myself into college a year before I was supposed to. And then I dropped out of college. I don't know. I just, I felt like it was more about my social security number and less about me. Mm. That's, that's just how I felt about it. And I remember I was going to go away with my school on a trip and I had to submit photography and videos in order to go. They were going to go to Peru. And, you know, I, this was at the time where I, I didn't travel yet. And that was like one thing I really wanted to do. And I talked to the director of photography of the school. He was a really cool photographer. He had 
some his photography hanging in museums. I was just like, wow, you know, like this guy does what I want to do. Right. So, uh, you know, I automatically looked up to my oldest to go to his office and he was the one doing that trip. So I wrote a whole essay. I did the whole photography. I showed him some videos I did. And he was like, wow, you know, this is really good stuff. And he approved me and it was sweet, bro. It was dope. My financial aid was supposed to take care of that. And I was like on top of the world. But then the bursars called me up. <laughs> they were like, yeah, so you got to put up all the bread because you don't got it. And yeah, I had to come up with like five grand two weeks before we were leaving. So that was just like the biggest blow. And I was actually doing decent in school. Like my grade point average was decent. I had most of my credits. But I don't know, bro. That changed everything for me. Mm. I'll be honest with you. I was just like, fuck you guys. Yeah. Felt it in the bottom of my stomach. And I never looked back. I was like, I cannot rely on anyone. That must be soul crushing, right? To be super excited about a trip as someone that at that young age hasn't traveled that much. To now go two weeks before your trip. To realize now that you have to come up with five grand, which is pretty hard to do when you're Bro. <laughs> 18, 19 years old coming up with that money and you know, you don't have your parental backing. Yeah, yeah. And it yeah, that's not intact. Yeah. So I just I just wanted to feel good about what I was doing and school didn't make me feel confident, mm -hmm. especially after that. So was that one of those points that made you realize, you know, I want to do this on my own and I and I wanna make sure I build my own yeah, yeah. So what I did was, was I saved a couple hundred bucks and that's what I was, I went backpacking in Costa Rica that year. That's amazing. Yeah. I was like, oh, I bet. May <laughs> not have enough money to Peru, right. but I'm going somewhere. <laughs> I get close to it. Yeah. I love that. You mentioned books earlier. Are there any books that you've read that have helped you in your personal or professional life? Yeah, absolutely. There's a couple books. Um, and some of them are even coffee table books that just really pique my interest and always bring me back to like a creative place. Rich Dad, Poor Dad is a book that I really appreciate. Uh, so there's one called Before They Pass Away. Before They Pass Away. Before They Pass Away. It's a, it's a big, huge book about, um, all the indigenous tribes that are left that are not like, Nobody has an iPhone. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, it's those last couple tribes and just the photographer, Jimmy Nelson. I believe he photographed all these people in his time working with uh, National Geographic, which is really cool. Him and his wife. Yeah. So, yeah, man, um, that's what, one. What, what, what was inspiration about that book for you? Just the fact that he went over there and photographed these people that no one has ever seen. Or rather, I'm sure a couple of people have seen him, but right. everybody hasn't seen these people. So the fact that he was over there doing that, that's like, that within itself is really cool. And the fact that he was making a living, working for Nat Geo, traveling the world, just photographing, that was, that was, that was dope to me. And bringing new information into the world in a way. Yeah, that, yeah. Bringing it to me because I didn't know. Right. You know. Huh. Okay. So walk us through the project cycle for you. So you get a phone call, says, hey, we have this brand new artist. He's really good. 
we need a visual for his project. How does that work? Do you listen through to a whole album? Do you get the one song that they want to push as a label? And how does that kind of play out from there? So it's a lot of different ways. A lot of the times they'll present a song, right? And they'll say, yo, we want to do a video to this song. Sometimes they'll give like a couple creative notes. They'll tell me what the budget is and ask me to submit uh, my idea. Okay. That's nine times out of 10. That's usually how it goes. Okay. On this level of business. What's the turnaround time for that? Turnaround time for submitting my idea, two days. Okay. Sometimes a day, sometimes less than a day. <laughs> so for those people that like, this is the business of speed. Like, and uh, if you're not willing to do that, then just go into regular film and, okay. and short films. When it comes to this music thing, this shit moves fast. Okay. okay. So you turn around and you submit an idea. Yeah. We turn idea. around, submit the idea. They like the idea. They send me an upfront deposit. I lock in everything I need to lock in. We, you know, dates, blah, blah, blah. We bring in our heavyweights, whether mm -hmm. it's our producer, our DP, gaffers. What is a DP? I'm sorry. A DP is the director of photography. Now, okay. essentially, to, to put this simply, the DP talks to the crew. The director talks to the talent. Okay. I make okay. sure everything's cool on this side. The DP makes sure my vision is ready to go, right? Okay. So if we got a set production and I'm like, I want this shot, they have X amount of time to set up that shot that I want. And I got to make sure the artist is good, getting themselves dressed, making sure they're ready at X amount of time. And this is going to continue happening throughout the video until it's done. Okay. So is it on you to find the location for these shots? So the director and producer always work very closely together. But okay. Technically, the producer is who figures out a lot of the tangible things that we need for the production. Okay. The director, or me as a director, we see the whole production through from its conception to its completion. Mm -hmm. That's our task, right? From conception to the budget, we help the producer get all the pieces we need. Then we help the crew shoot everything. Mm -hmm. And then we help the editors edit it up so that it all comes together in the way that we initially planned. Obedient there. Okay. So with you, uh, you have a production company. I have a production company. It's called Space Dog. So what does that mean? For that process, are you working with someone within your company that is the producer? Yeah, we have our producer, we have our DP. This is a this is a production house. We do right. graphic design. We we executive produce projects for guys. We got we even have music producers. Like we got a whole lot going on here. How how long did it take you to build that team? It's taking years, bro. Um it started with first making sure I was up to par and the things that I needed to do to lead a team. And then after those couple years of polishing myself, I know what to look for. Mm. And then, you know, you end up switching out a couple people and sometimes things don't work out the way they're supposed to. And But as long as you're pushing forward, you're going to find people that are also pushing in their own right. And, I'm grateful that I've I've definitely found 
a lot of amazing help, people that make me look really good. Hmm. Like these guys are amazing. Right. So many people that like matter. Hmm. Dog. Like if if it wasn't for them, this wouldn't have been working. It's fascinating to think about you having this as a part time thing, right? You had a full time job. And then you get fired from photography at a young age of like 18, 19 years old, right? On New Year's Day. And that could, some re, some people could see that as a, okay, great. I'm done with this thing. Let me yeah. leave. To now <laughs> having your own production company and being able to employ people and have everyone be part of the projects and be part of the vision and be part of delivering that for clients on a consistent basis. That must be pretty rewarding and Yeah, it's it's a it, I'll be honest, it's um it's a scary place to be in sometimes because I think uh we're all still figuring it out. Of course. You know, so uh, I do feel responsible for figuring it out now. Mm. Before it was like you're on this journey by yourself and it's almost like you're speeding in the car by yourself, right? Like, yeah, if you crash, then. So it's just me in here, you know? Right. But when it's a car full of people and you still kind of got to speed, it's like, you don't, you don't want to hurt anybody. You know, it's, it's just a responsibility and, uh, hmm. I, I welcome it. I challenge it. It's, it's okay. I'm not, uh, I'm not afraid of that, but it is a responsibility. You know, I don't take it lightly. I'm not here just basking in the fact that, look, I, I'm this cool guy and everybody thinks I'm cool. Like, right. we got so much work to do, bro. Mm. People are just now noticing. So as you're driving this car, right? So I think this is one of the most important things to really capture as an entrepreneur, right? Like the responsibility for making sure that others also get paid for the work that they're doing and make sure that transactions are happening, right? So not only the creative side of, I have a vision for the project and let's deliver on that, but also you have to be business savvy enough to be able to deliver on that and make sure that folks get paid for the work that they're putting in. That's the, that's a very important thing. Mm -hmm. You know, you, as the leader, you have to, you have to understand when that's important. And then you also have to understand that it's not all about money. So it's a, you have to find that balance because it's not all about money. This is about creativity. This is about creating things that matter. Mm. And we're blessed to be in a position where we can do that. And, and the things that we do are potent to, to turn the TV on and watch my music videos come on. Wow. Is crazy still, bro. That yeah. shit feels different because it's one of those things that you dream of. You know, I, you dreamt of that. You dreamt of how can I ever get my video to ever be playing there? How can the level of production ever get to that point? Mm. And you figure it out slowly, man. But now I got mad videos playing on TV. <laughs> Five, six joints at a time. Like it's lit. Talk that talk. Yeah, but. I'm not hype because that's, we didn't do it. This wasn't the end of the road. This was part of the journey. I just know it's working. Mm. So we got to keep moving diligently. I could see how, like, especially with the industry, like you could get 
big headed a little bit and just enjoy the space that you're in. And, and it's okay to enjoy it, but you know, you got to stay grounded. Easy come, easy go. Yeah. What's your vision for the company for the next five, 10 years? I have so many things that I want to do with Space Dog. Um, so in the next five years, Space Dog is going to be selling some amazing streetwear. Uh, we're going to have some really cool stuff, limited things. We're not going to be doing too much and we're not dropping too much stuff. Um, but we're going to do some really cool things because I think we push streetwear and we wear streetwear. We are streetwear. So that's definitely something that's coming up and we're going to gear it towards behind the scenes people because mm. we just as fly, if not fly it in the people we shoot in. I love that. <laughs> so that's part of it. We're going to be shooting commercials. We want to be shooting movies. We're going to still be shooting music videos because we love music, but we're also going to be helping artists build their brand and understand the business better. Mm. I think from, from being a naive kid that watched music videos to being one of the producers of some of the hottest music videos in New York. There was a lot of enlightening moments in that and things that I had to realize as a person in order to be able to compete. And so I think as a production company, and you can ask the artists we already work with, we help enlighten artists as well as help polish them, um, give them an image, a brand that they could stand by and push through. From the graphic design to cover art to music videos to production to writing, like we yo, if you don't know now, you will know later. We trying to make a statement. Okay, so it sounds like as a production company, you see that as not only visuals but also overall consulting on how to improve artists as a whole, how to help Absolutely. them with their branding with music, with visuals, with everything all around. Yeah, we're a creative company. That's what we are. We're a production company, but we're also a creative company. Got it. So when you need help creatively, whether it's visualizing your vision, starting up your vision, polishing your vision, mm -hmm. we, we got you. What are some of the directors that you saw growing up that made you feel like you wanted to do this type of work? I, I mean, you know, and I, I know a lot of people say this, but I love Spike Lee. I think Spike Lee was one of the directors that I saw just take culture and put it on wax. You know what I'm saying? Just, just, he knew how to take culture and, and present it to people so that they understood where he was coming from. Mm. And he did that with so many movies and helped people see perspectives that they wouldn't have been able to see. He's also like a sneakerhead and. You know, he shot Jordan commercials, did music videos, did movies. Like, he is honestly like up there for me. You know, he's, yep. he's covered so many bases and still does meaningful shit till this day. So, Black Klansman, I just, I don't know if you saw that movie, but I 100% did in the yep. movie theater. Amazing. I had to support it. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Cultural staple. Yeah. Absolutely. So, okay. yeah. Shout out to him. I love, uh, Benny Boom, Director X, Dre Films, like I said, Spit TV. I love him as a director, but also as a music executive because he showed directors are not just one dimensional. We can, he's, he's, I mean, he was impactful. Like he's done so many things for Latin artists in breaking into Miami and 
a lot of different areas. Spiff TV has his hands in a lot of Latin music. Mm. So just to see that and how he was able to turn a director gig into a gateway for Latin artists to thrive, that's something I would love to be able to do. What advice would you give to an 18 or 19 year old aspiring director? What advice would I give him? I'd tell him to just stay creative, man, and just keep creating stuff. You don't have to just create for people. You can create for yourself. That's, that's always going to be the main ingredient. The things you can bring to the table. Nobody can take that from you. And then, uh, music videos in particular, it's tricky because a lot of people say, oh, well, it was the song, or some people say it was the video. Some people say, oh, it's the machine behind it. But when we're talking about your own content that is just dope within itself, nobody could take that from you. Mm. When, so when you create a content piece that dope, that matters, and it's all you, all those points go to you. Uh, that's something I had to learn very late in the game. How do you think 18-year-old Fred will feel about the progress that you've made to this point? 18-year-old Fred wouldn't be surprised. I always knew I'd be doing some potent shit. I just never really knew what. Huh. 18-year-old Fred, 16-year-old Fred, 13-year-old Fred knew that something major was going to happen at some point. For better or for worse, I knew there was going to be a shift in my life and... I've always felt that, bro. Uh, like, and I don't mean to sound like egotistical or arrogant, but I've always felt inside that I was going to do something that mattered. I, I'm not sure that I've done it just yet, but I think that I found out how it would happen. Mm. That's, there's a lot of power in that, though, right? In knowing the path to yeah. delivering your greatness. Right. That's yeah, I fit I fit this one really well. Mm. And I've I've tried a lot of other things and I've got a, a an amazing crew behind me. So this is the time, man. Like I've never felt like this before. You mm. know, the just you know when you just know things are going to work out. I'm I'm never that. Like I'm always like, yeah, but what if? You know, I'm always that guy. Yeah. Like plan for the worst, right? But this is I'm so confident in this. Hmm. It's this is what I was supposed to do. Okay. I think there's a misconception out there, right? About the balance between being creative and being business oriented. I think you have positioned yourself in a way to be very professional and a leader of your organization while also being an extremely creative person. How do you balance that? It's tough because New York puts your back against your wall where it's like, it's either you manage money or you're in the street. So you got to figure it out. And my father is instrumental in just like my demeanor. He's always said things like, you know, there's only doers and watchers. You know, it's either you're going to watch the people that are doing or you're going to be too busy doing that you can't watch. Mm. So, you know, you gotta, you can't be both. You gotta choose one. It's tough, but you got your processes. And I, and again, I have a great team of people that can help me tame certain parts of myself because I always want to go for the gusto 
and sometimes the budget just doesn't permit. So you have to also remind yourself that we were creative before we had a budget and creativity and money don't necessarily have anything to do with each other. Mm. So with that being said, as a business, you have a client and if you don't want to have to worry about, you know, the creative in you is going to want to do what you want to do and you know what's right and you know how it should look and how it should be. But the businessman is about compromise. So it's, I haven't a hundred percent figured it out yet. It's an ongoing thing. You know, it's sometimes I do better with the business. Sometimes I do better with the creative. I'm just happy to have some kind of balance. Again, I was born in DR. That's, I guess that's back home. That's what you can consider back home. Washington Heights being my second home. And I think as an immigrant, it's work is always the undertone for everything that you do. And being creative isn't necessarily valued. It's really just about work and, and creating some kind of stability uh, within your household. So that that was the thing for my household, too. Um, I was thinking about getting a job when I was 12. You know, that's like regular shit. Kids shouldn't really have to think about getting a job at 12. You know, it's funny with my parents because they didn't really understand what I was doing, right? I'm spending a lot of time on the computer. I'll leave. I'll come back. I got cameras. Like, what is this kid doing? One thing I know is that he's not making money, right? Like, that was the main thing. So years of that. And then I remember I went on tour once. Uh, with an artist and I was gone for like three months and I came back with less money than I left with. And uh, it was like a very embarrassing moment for me, you know, because it was, things were, it was just tough in my house. And here I am just like, looks like you're having a time of the world on social media, right? You're like going from state to state, you hit up 50 states, you come back broke, like, I thought you were working. Right. And I'm like, yeah, I was, but I wasn't getting paid. And trying to explain the prospect of possibly making money and not making money yet to immigrant parents, it it just it's really hard. Right? I'll just say that. It's really hard. And especially in an industry like the music industry where it's hard to even explain how to do things, right? Like, or what your job is, uh, because I still have trouble explaining what I do. I do so many different things. So for them, it was just like, this kid isn't doing shit. He drops out of school. Like, she was just like, yeah, whatever. But I'm telling her like, yo, just turn on the TV. Like, yeah, I got videos on TV. Yeah. But we don't have cable. So it's like, yeah, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was it was crazy, but what did help was that my younger sisters, after a couple of years, started hearing about what I was doing. Like outside, they were hearing about like, "Yo, your your brother's Fred Focus, like that's crazy." <laughs> so they were coming home now, and they were like, "Yo, like that's crazy." Like, their people are asking about them. So then my parents were like, oh, "All right, so maybe you are up to something." And then finally, years after that. Money started rolling in, a little bit of money in which I was able to contribute. And that saved me because I was looking real bad out here, bro. College dropout, 
like you're always in your room editing like what is this dude up to you know what i'm saying like i guess for the for the untrained eye you look like a loser right what are you doing playing video games yeah. no i'm editing videos that are going on television but they they didn't believe not that i don't know if they believed it or because I always have thought that I would do something special. Mm-hmm. And so I would always talk that way at the crib. Like, man, y'all going to see. Y'all going to see. Things will make sense. Just let me be creative. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, immigrant parents are like, all right, sure, kid. But I'm glad that I'm able to show them now mm-hmm. some of the things you're up to. Now, like, the production sets look like something. I'm able to send a picture. Like, look, mom. This is actually pretty crazy. Okay. Do you have a dream project or something that you really want to accomplish without knowing necessarily the details of what exactly it would be? But is there like a specific thing you want to do? Yeah, I got I got a couple projects that I want to do. And um well first my first dream project is to finally shoot my movie. Okay. Um, and I've been working on the script since I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. So once that script is done, and it's almost done, <laughs> it's been like 10 years, but it's almost done. And um, shout out to Fausto, who's helping me with that. We're doing that. So as soon as we're done with the script and we can shoot that, and then my second project is actually a documentary that I want to do about people. It involves a lot of travel, but it's a, it's a piece. It's a culture piece. And that's a, that's, that's Space Dog's baby right there. Like, we're going to drop a couple really cultural pieces, mm. uh, things that matter, you know? One, one thing I'm hearing from you is that you want to make cultural statements, right? So be yeah. able to gather information and deliver it to the world and let them learn something. Absolutely. And I think, you know, that's, that's look key what we've been doing the whole time. I'm, I'm a student and a lover of hip hop. So naturally, my the first couple culture pieces that I put together are within that. I'm going to continue thriving in that. I love hip hop. Hip hop saved my life mm. straight up and down. I was doing a lot of stupid shit before I picked camera up and before Wayno embraced me and a couple people, Tony Peralta. And I, I finally like by them mentoring me, they threw me a lifeline yeah. for real, for real. Like I would. Yeah. I can't even get into some of the stupid shit I was doing, hmm. but it, it was, it was really a dark time. And those guys threw me a lifeline by just mentoring me and showing me that, uh, having an entrepreneurial spirit is, is worth having. Hmm. So shout out to those guys and a lot of other people, you know, I don't, it's not just them, but so much influence and so much creativity around me you know i'm blessed to have had people in the hood that cared about me enough that's great Word. okay is there anything else that we haven't covered today that you think the world should know about fred listen y'all know you might have heard about me fred focus if you haven't i am a young dominican dude i was born in dominican republic came in when i was a young kid and been just trailblazing my own path ever since. The production company is called Space Dog. Please tune in. The at on social media is at SPCDG underscore. 
And if you're looking to have some dope creative work done, if you're a startup business that's looking to have some graphic design or video work, if you're an artist looking for some really dope things to do, if you just have a whole bunch of creativity, you don't know what to do with it, holla at us, man. We're doing some amazing things in New York. We're uh, minority-owned, and the majority is minorities within our business, in which we welcome everyone. I'm super happy to help people that look like me, and let's get it, y'all. Like we, we're a bunch of young guys trying to figure it out, just like everyone else. Some of us in the company went to school for film. Some of us didn't. All of us love film. All of us are creative. We're people that find. How do I put this? Something not a nothing, man. Lemons to lemonade. That's that's how this started, and that's how it's gonna continue being the morale for us. So, you know, to all the companies that want to work with us, we're here. We just started. You know, we got we got loyalty to give, y'all. So, <laughs> let's work, man. Let's work. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did and believe on the mission we're on, please like, rate, and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're using. Share this episode with your friends and your networks. I do want to hear from you the types of careers you want to see highlighted. Please contact us at TGIM Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Join us next Monday for another episode. Thank God it's Monday. Let's go out there and win the rest of the week.